Let's pray. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God, for what you've done today and what you've really, you've begun to do. And I'm, I'm thankful, God, Lord, that you who've begun a good work will see it to completion. God's got something in store for us today. Something powerful, something amazing. And Lord, I pray that we would have eyes to see and ears to hear. And Lord, if we got a hardened heart, break it up. If we got clogged up ears, unclog them. Get the Q-tip out. Help us hear, God, what you have to say. Help us to be ready to receive a good word. And your word is always good. Let the soil be prepared. I want to read a scripture to you before you're seated. Acts chapter 16, verse 25. It says, but at midnight, how many know the story? Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prisons were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loose. Somebody's going to get free today. Turn to your neighbor and say, somebody's going to get free today. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from his sleep, because he was sleeping, seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called out, beaten, bloodied, in the darkest, deepest part of the prison, Paul had the loudest voice. And Paul cried out with a loud voice, do not harm yourself, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas, and he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, believe, everybody shout believe. On the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now, when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them, and he rejoiced having believed in God with all his household. Lord, I thank you that we have a lot to rejoice in. We have a lot to celebrate today. We have a lot to get excited about today. Lord, the devil may be angry, but we don't need to be angry. God, we don't need to be angry about anything because God is still on the throne. His Holy Spirit is living and breathing in each and every one of us. And I thank you, God, that you're alive, that you are working all things for our good. And Lord, we thank you, God, that you are moving in a powerful way. And we're excited for what you have for us, God. And we rejoice that something good is about to happen. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. Slap your neighbor next to you and tell him something good's about to happen. All right, a lot of hitting. Uh, we've had an incredible week. Hundreds of people showing up every night for prayer. And so thankful uh, to be praying for everybody, fasting and praying and, and believing that God can do anything. And uh, for those who are here and you're new to this house, welcome. We love having you and we want you to feel right at home. Uh, if this service is too full, our third service has a little more room. So next Sunday, 
you can make the adjustment. Otherwise, we have an overflow, and I want to greet all of our overflow. There's people back in our overflow right now. Can we just show some love? Thanks for tuning in on the screen back there. We're so excited that you're with us, uh, and we love you. We're praying for you, and we know that God, no matter where you're at, in a prison cell, here in this sanctuary, in an overflow, tuning in from L.A. all the way to Florida, wherever you are, God's got a great word for you, and I am ready to preach. So with that, I want to dive right in, because last week we ended with talking about the end of Acts, and we saw how Paul got to go to Rome, and he made it even through the storm. And a shipwreck, a viper, he made it to Rome, he changed the world. And it was powerful. But now I kind of want to rewind. Everybody say rewind. rewind. And go back to the middle of the story. And this is great. Why? I'll tell you why. Because when you get to go back to the middle of the story and know the end of the story, you get to rejoice that no matter what our characters face and know that it is going to work out for their good. And you get to see, and it's like Pam and Jim in the middle of the, you're, you're like, okay, it's going to work out. Guys, got to get it together. If you don't know the reference, you need to get culturally relative. And so you, we have, they get together, but you know it's all going to work out in the end. And let me just speak to somebody's story right now. While you may feel like you're in the middle, he's already been at the end of your story, and he knows the beginning, the middle, the end, and it works out for your good, and God is turning it for your, it's all going to work out. Somebody say it's all going to work out. So we go back up a little bit. Paul has, in Acts chapter 9, his encounter on the road to Damascus. Massive encounter. And then he meets with Peter and the heads of the church, the beginning parts of the church as it's launching. And, and as he does, they appoint him with Barnabas, with Barnabas, and they send him out. He deals with the sorcerer. He preaches once or twice. And then we get to where we are, Acts chapter 15 and 16. In Acts chapter 15, Paul's had... This wonderful journey thus far with Barnabas. It's been good. A lot of good moments and good memories. And it was started off really wonderful, and it was so nice. And so, so just easy. And, and I love how they got along. They were good friends. They liked each other. And, and they journeyed together. They had good times together. Look at the neighbor you like and say, we've had some pretty good times. <laughs> now look at the one you didn't talk to and say, we can have some more. Well, we're, we had, they had good times. They had some good times. They, had, they, they, they did some preaching, some ministry. They did what the Holy Spirit was calling them to do. And, and, and I, I want to talk to you because the journey started off well, but then all of a sudden there came a point where Paul and Barnabas didn't agree. And, and, but, but, but they didn't agree, and they, Barnabas needed to go one direction, and Paul needed to go another direction. And, and while Barnabas and Paul were both godly men and good men, it didn't mean that they were meant to walk together. Uh, it's easy for, and let, let me just talk to you real quick. Can I be real with you? It's easy. I know, I, I feel like there are people out here today that are saying, Pastor, I don't need you to preach to me about how to deal with people I don't like. Come on, somebody said amen. I don't need you to preach to me about how to deal with people I want to get away from. I know how to say goodbye. I know how to leave and wave. I know how to give them, you know, and let them know they don't need to be around me anymore. How, how do we deal with people who are good people, but God didn't call us to walk together? How do we deal with, how, how do I walk through and navigate that difficult process? Because one of the things that I'm, the title of my message that I really want throughout the whole thing is, is I'm not done. But I want you to look throughout Paul's story before we can get to the prison and the walls. Because everybody wants that moment. Everybody wants the walls coming down, chains coming off, worship that's powerful, and lives that are changed. We all want that. 
But some of us haven't even been able to get to there. We, we can't even worship that. We won't see that because we said I'm done long before there. And there's a point in our crossroads of life where we decided I'd rather follow a good man than a God plan. And, and God is saying, hey, look, I know you got people in your life that are good, but are they meant to walk with you? Are you meant to journey together? Are you called? It might be a good relationship, but is it a God purpose plan? Because you need to see who God has called you to, to walk with and do life together. And you're headed the same. I know I'm preaching to somebody. So, like, do you got good people in your life, but they're you've always felt this pull and you felt them pulling in a different direction. How many of us at the crossroads of our life said, I'm done. I'll just follow him. And instead of writing your own great story, you're just a part of somebody else's story. Oh, oh yeah, I'm going to preach today. It, when you got, you're decided just to be an extra in your own story. And you're a sub-character when you should be the star. And Paul could have easily just said, hey, you know what? I just, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to make anybody upset. I'd rather just go ahead and I'll follow Barnabas. And we would have never seen the church moving through Jerusalem to Rome. We would have never seen Paul train Timothy. We would have never seen Ephesus planted. We would have never seen two-thirds of the world reached through Paul. We, we would have never seen the, the massive world. See, even before Paul got to this crossroads, he had to say, I'm not back done at this. See, when he got called, he got called out of a pharisaical lifestyle. But even the Pharisees, knowing how great of an influence Paul had, you know what they thought about Paul? He was a coat hanger. At Stephen's stoning, they were like, just hold the coats, Paul. You're not even good enough to pick up a rock. Hold our coat. Have you ever had somebody look at you and see lesser in you and, and disqualify you, discredit you and say, you don't really, I don't think you can do it. Let's just go ahead. And Paul had to say, I'm not done back here at the coat. Because when the world says you're just a coat hanger, God says you're a world changer. But you got to have something in you that says, I'm not done. Somebody say, I'm not done. I'm not done when the world just says, just hold the coats. You're good enough for that. I'm not done when, when my boss says, oh, no, you'll never amount to anything. I'm not done when my leader looks at me and says, oh, nothing good's ever going to happen in your life. I'm not done when the world constantly tells me that everything's going to end and generations are running from God. I'm not done when they say that the world is getting worse. And I, I'm not done back there. I know God's got something more for me. And even if I'm preaching to 10 people in here who want more and you settled for, for well in your life, you need to say well enough is not good enough. So Paul says, I'm not done. And he moves on and he gets to this crossroads with Barnabas. And the reason he's able to say no to Barnabas is because now he says, I'm not done. There's more for me. It's okay. But now he puts him with Silas. So now he gets to, I think you know a little bit less about Silas than you should. Write Silas down in your notes. We're going to come back to him. But Silas, Silas and Paul start their journey. And then when they start their journey, because he said no, and he said, okay, I'll let you go. I'll let Barnabas go. He got Timothy. See, when you let go of a good relationship, you get a God relationship. God's, God went from Paul and Barnabas to Paul, Silas, and Timothy. And all of a sudden, it wasn't just Paul, Silas, and Timothy because Luke is writing the gospel. So now it went to Paul, Silas, Timothy, and Luke. So where he said no to one, he got three in return. See, God's blessing is is going to flip the script for you where you think you're going to lose if they leave. God is saying, no, I've got better if you let go. So he says, I'm not done. 
And as he says he's not done, he continues on his journey. And as he's walking through this, he says, all right, guys, you ever felt like you, you had the answer and you're the leader? You got a few people looking to you. Anybody? No? I got two one. Thank you, Ian. I got five leaders. All right, great. So you got to, like, you, got, you know, people, or it's your family, your kids looking to you like, what are we going to do today, Dad? What are we going to do? Where are we going to go? It's the weekend. It's a holiday. You know, they're looking for you for a game plan, right? You're a boy. They're like, hey, what's the game plan? How are we going to make this happen? And they're looking at Paul, and Paul's like, you know, feeling good. He's like, he's got Silas. He's got Timothy. He's got Luke. Luke, he's my little secretary. He's writing everything down. Luke, make note of this. And, and you know what? If I was Paul, I would tell Luke to leave this part out. Because Paul goes, all right, guys, we're going to Asia. And he sets out, and God says, no. Okay. Hey, course correction. It's all good. I still know what I'm doing. All right, here we go. We're going this way. God says, no, you're not going this way. Wait, what? And he goes, okay, guys, it's all right. Don't lose faith. I'm still in charge. I've still got, I, I know God. I have a relationship. I trust me. The road to Damascus did happen. I'm not making it up. I do hear Jesus. And so he's trying to convince, and he says, let's go this way. And he goes, no. And the Holy Spirit told him no three times in a row. Oh, I'm a preacher in a second. And then when he turns, the finally God says, no, I want you to go that way. When do you say I'm done? On the first no, the second no, or the third no? When you say, God, I want this. God, I want to go here. Oh, I got five people clapping, but the rest of y'all get with me in a second. Because I know that many of us, when we got told no, we said I'm done. We said, no, no, you're making me look like a fool to these people. I told them I follow Jesus. And you said no and no. But let me tell you, for every three no's, there's a powerful yes. There is an equation from God that says, if you can say, I'm not done at the first no, the second no, the third no, that fourth yes is going to be your best yes. Oh, man, I wish I could preach just about your best yes. Because your best yes changes the world. Where's my organ, Josh? Good Lord, I want to preach. You, you have this awesome opportunity to, to say, okay, God, I'd rather go your way than my way. Because what Paul could have easily said is, you let, you let Peter go that way. You know what I'm talking about, Ian? You, well, Peter got to go. I want to go to Asia. That, this is the discussion. This is what happened in the Bible. Y'all need to read your Bible. Peter gets sent to Asia, and he's watching Peter, who Peter is saying, no, Paul, you're greater than me. You're going to be the head of the church. So he's like, oh, well, I want to go to Asia since I'm the top dog. And God says, no, I'm going to send Peter. And he's like, wait a second. If Peter gets to go, I get to go. So they all start to head the same direction. And let me just tell you, what God wants someone else to do doesn't mean you're meant to do. And God has a different direction and plan. What, what was good for them is not good for you. What was timing for them is not your timing. And you need to be patient enough to say, just just because those people got it doesn't mean you need it. Oh, yeah, that, I know that's good preaching right there because we all want that. Oh, but, but, but Elevation Church has tens of thousands, and they streamed all these people. Well, okay, God, we want that too. And we just step out, and we think we're going to head the same direction. God's like, can you take some new territory? Can I send somebody that way and that way and that way? And can I send you a whole new territory and direction and do something different? I got people crying out for me, and I need you to do what only you can do. Whew, somebody say, I'm not done. And so he, he, he gets to this point. He gets all these no's. And I would be discouraged. I'm I've had that. How many, can I, can I speak to somebody's heart? No, you can't have a kid now. No, you can't buy a house now. 
No, you can't have that ministry yet. No, you can't. And it just, it just feels like no's. And I thought, God, the answers to the righteous were yes and amen. Oh, I have a conflict in my spirit and in my theological process in which I absorb scripture and my relationship with God, that God, I hear him say he's going to tell people yes, and I watch him tell Mike yes, but I hear him tell me no. How do you resolve the conflict within you that when you watch somebody get your, their yes, you get your no? You, you need to be able to be like Paul and say, that's all right. We're not done yet. No, Silas, you stick right next to me. No, Timothy, you keep following because we got Ephesus to plant. We got other churches to touch. There's a whole nother dimension that we don't know that God is calling us to. So he gets all these no's and then he gets his yes and he starts heading out and they start heading out and it's wonderful. Someone say it's wonderful. Back to smelling roses again. And he's like, okay, we're here. Let's go pray. You can never underestimate the power of prayer. See, some of us think we're so spiritual that we don't need to take time to pray for ourselves. But yet Paul took time to say, hey, Silas, Timothy, Luke, let's go down by the river and pray. And he took him down by the river. And it was amazing what happened down by the river. Because, oh, yeah, y'all could hear the preacher in that right there. I wish I had more time. But he went down to the river. And when he went down to the river, all of a sudden he was praying and purpose showed up. It's amazing when you're praying and you're seeking God instead of seeking your purpose, your purpose will find you. But when you're seeking your purpose instead of seeking prayer, God, your purpose will always elude you. And you'll, you'll be wondering, God, where is it? But when you pray, all of a sudden Lydia shows up. And Lydia shows up and, and she says, oh my gosh, who, who are you guys? And Lydia was a, a good woman who was doing well. She had what she needed. The Bible even talks about how she had servants, so she was doing pretty well. And she, she was well. Everybody say, I'm doing well. But do we say we're done at doing well? Because she, she came down to the river because there was, there was something leading her to the river of prayer and say there's something more for me. So even in a place of where things are doing well, she said, I want more. I'm not done yet. And so she comes down to the river to pray. Oh, come, where is Josh? Josh, if I got to call you one more time. Josh, get up here. We have this awesome opportunity. I'm just teasing with Josh. He's like, dude, I didn't know. Come on up but you have this, go down to the river, go down to pray. The river represents the Holy Spirit, by the way. So you got to go down. You got to get pressing in and wading into the Holy Spirit and hear what God has. And when God, you show up in harmony with the whole and flow with the Holy Spirit, it's amazing when purpose shows up. All of a sudden, God goes, I got you. I'm going to bring it now. The thing you've been wanting, coming now, coming now, coming now. And Lydia shows up and Lydia gets ministered to and this little woman. Little Lydia, that's how I'm going to give her that. I don't know her stature, but she seems, seems like a small woman, right? Little Lydia, she was down by the water, and her life gets changed. And you know what happens? Little Lydia goes back to the little town. And little Lydia goes to the little town, and she starts telling all these people about who Jesus Oh, I love how God used a woman when men didn't say yes. See, when men don't say yes to prayer, women come down to worship and pray. And God will use a woman when men reluctantly hold back. Oh, women, can I get some praise in this place? Because this false doctrine and theology that women can't preach, teach, and lead is just, un it's just not taught Scripture right. You don't understand Scripture. And it's okay, I've heard the scriptures quoted, and they took one scripture, pulled it out, twisted it, and told you a meaning for it. 
but we can re, we can fix that. It's okay. Because when taught correctly, you understand that we're all equal. <laughs> Isn't that weird? How God says we're equal? Anyway, I don't have time for that. But you, when we go into Lydia, Lydia, God uses a little woman to change a whole town. Because a little woman said, oh, I'm not done. I want something more. There's something bigger in my life. I've been yearning and longing. And I came to the river to pray. And I met a man of God. And I heard something. great. And she goes and changes the whole town. Now, the cool part about this is, you know, nobody got angry. Because everybody's cool when you're changing people who want to be changed. Oh, I'm going to preach. Everybody's fine. Oh, don't, 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 you're good as long as you're talking to people who want to be Christians. Don't, don't come at, don't, don't come at agnostic. Don't come at me if we're atheists. Don't come at me if I, I don't believe. Don't come at me if I believe in Hinduism. Don't come at me if I'm a Muslim. Don't come, don't, don't, te- don't try to change a Native American. No, 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 no. We got to spread the gospel everywhere we go. And, and people want, are fine as long as you stay where they want you. And, but Paul couldn't. <laughs> Paul keeps coming in and down. He's changing everybody. And then there's this woman who follows him, another little woman. And she starts following him. She's a slave girl. And she's making her masters a lot of money. But she says, I want you to look with me in verse 17. 17. The girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. This sounds like a great thing. But the next verse says Paul was annoyed with this little girl. Isn't that crazy? Because when you're having somebody come close to you, only saying what they think you want to hear. See, bad people can still say the right thing. Oh, I'm going to preach to somebody that says somebody free. Somebody's whispering in in your ear today, and that's why it's quiet right now, because they're saying the right things, but you feel the wrong spirit. And, and, And while they have the right words and the right cadence and the right tone and the right mannerism, there's just something not right with it. And 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 those people will say what they need to just to get close to you. Because if they can get close to you, they can influence you. If they can influence you, they can manipulate you. And what she wants to do is she wants to get close. And Paul senses in the spirit. Oh, I love it. I need to talk to some spirit-filled believers. When something is annoying you and doesn't feel right with you, you need to know it's more than the flesh. It's something in the supernatural. And you need to say, oh, no, devil, not today. Not today. I'm not done. Did you stop? Who who said I'm done when you started being annoyed? Who said I quit and I'm walking away when somebody started to frustrate you? Because Paul said I'm not done. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in you. And I'm about to deal with you. And Paul comes out and he says, demon, come out of her. And he calls the demon right out of her. And that very hour she was delivered in Jesus' name. I just gave somebody a key to dealing with annoying people. Somebody better put their hands together. You can cast a demon. (laughs) That's it. We're going to have like a problem with Bridge Church people because they're going to be like, anybody annoys them like, demon, come out of you. My preacher told me you're demon possessed. (laughs) But he comes with authority and power. And he says, oh, I'm not done. And God's not done with you either. 
And then the whole, the economic system is disrupted by the woman who gets delivered. And now that you've messed with their money, now there's a problem. And they weren't, they were okay before with Lydia, but when you touched our dysfunctional system, when you touched our, our manipulative system, that's when we have, oh, church, can somebody hear me right now? When you touched our, our manipulative political system, when you touched our manipulative economic, when you touched how we try to puppet people, I, I, when the church starts messing with people's systems, that's when people start getting angry. And they were in an uproar, huge uproar. And they dragged them into the marketplace. They dragged him from the ministry place to the marketplace. I don't have time to go into all that, but you, you be, they brought him right into the center of their economic dysfunction. And they said, oh, we're going to beat you now. And, and we're, we're, let me just pause since we're talking about I'm not done. When, when, when you start to get drugged and people start to attack you, do you say I'm done? When the enemy says, oh, no, you better silence your mouth. Oh, what are you doing? Touch it. Don't say anything positive online. Don't talk about Jesus on social media. Don't preach about the gospel. When the enemy constantly tries to tell you to shut up or we will kill you, did you say I'm done? Or did somebody shout, I'm not done yet. I got more to say. I got more to preach. I got more to teach. I am not finished yet. Come on, church. I'm not done yet. Neither are you. God's got more in you. And Peter said, bring me to the marketplace. Bring me to your economic system. Bring me in the center. I love how he says, bring me to this. Take me there. See, they, they made the mistake of bringing Paul to the center of their issue. You can be seated. I'm going to keep preaching for a little bit. I'm not done. <laughs> but I have this feeling that that God and Paul both knew he, they needed to be in the middle of it. But many of us, we run from the middle. And we say, no, I can't handle that. Can I tell you, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And then, then, then what happens is very serious. All of a sudden, you have them drug into the middle. And the five guys who lost money are angry. But the Bible says that the whole crowd got angry. It's amazing how people can be angry and not even know why they're angry. I went to some of the protests, and it's amazing how people can shout for one thing and not for another. And they can be totally divided, but just be angry to be angry or be upset to be upset. And they're not even agreeing on anything. But I'm agreeing for equality. I'm agreeing for the right thing. I'm there standing in faith and saying, no, my brothers, we're together in this. And I know some of you, you're mad that I even went down there. But let me tell you, somebody's got to show up in the center of the marketplace where everybody's mad, everybody's angry, everybody's hurting, Everybody's frustrated. It's okay. I didn't show up to make up, up, up to stand with anyone other than Christ. And so I show up and put me in the middle, son. Let, show me. I'll show you how we live and how we preach. We preach balance. We preach truth. And so we stand in the middle, and 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 Paul gets and everybody's angry because they're just angry to be angry. I I was doing an interview with my friend who's tuning in today, Chris Harris Jr., plays for the Bronx or now the Chargers. And, and, and there were people on our interview, and he, they were just like, I'm, he said, I'm on here only to hate. Just hate to hate. That was it. 
Some people just want to hate to hate, be angry to be angry. And then the Bible says that they were beaten with canes and rods. The whole crowd surrounded them. It's one thing to feel the pain of your own problem that you created. It's another thing to be punished for doing a good thing. He did a good thing by delivering a woman from demonic oppression, but he paid the Can I talk to somebody who's paying a price for helping somebody out? For, for helping some, You went to help somebody, and you're the one who got hit. You, you went to give and be there and support and pray, and you're the one who got bit. And, and, and that's what happened with these guys. The Bible says in Greek that they beat them with canes and rod, or rods, but they beat them severely. Okay, I want you to hear this because for a Middle Eastern group of men who saw crucifixions, saw Jesus be crucified, saw Stephen get stoned to death, saying a beating was severe, that's a beating. And they beat them so bad and stripped them naked all day. They beat them all day. And then they drug their bodies by the hair of their heads all the way to the prison. They put chains on them. The Bible says they put their feet in stocks. It was always interesting when I read that. Why would They had to put their feet because everything else was beaten so badly. So they throw them in the stocks in the deepest, darkest part of the prison. When they threw them in there and chained and bound, bloodied and beaten. One of the most severe beatings you could ever experience. All of a sudden, nine o'clock came. I wonder if anybody's been hit hard during this last seven months. You've lost loved ones. Now you got, you didn't get hit because you did something wrong. You got hit because you did something right. You didn't go through suffering and pain because you did something wrong. You did, I'm, I don't need to preach to people who know why you're going through what. I'm talking to somebody who went through all hell and the enemies attacked you because you did something right. You came to church. You gave your life to God. You started praying. You started worshiping. You started actually engaging in this discipleship process. And the enemy said, oh, no, I'm going to beat you. For every time you try, I'm coming at you. And, and you're, you're suffering and the pain that comes against you is severe. And at 9 o'clock, the prison was silent. And the guards began to fall asleep. At 9.30, the blood and Paul and Silas and Luke and Timothy began to coagulate. At 10 o'clock, the other prisoners began to fall asleep. At 10.30... All you hear is this, can you hear it? The drop of a drip of water because the moisture is collected at the top and you don't hear really anything but this drop, not a sound. And then at 11 o'clock, all of a sudden, Paul begins to open his bloody beaten eyes and then he tries to look around and then he sees Silas, and Silas begins to open his other eyes. And Luke is starting to see that they're starting to wake up, and 
their mouths are opening and at 1130 they begin to breathe again and then at 1159 all of a sudden Paul and Silas began to pray and a sound erupted in that prison a sound that shook the earth a sound where it once was silent and dark and, and, and oppressed oh somebody's clapping right now because you understand let me tell you Paul and Silas let me ask you a question for those who aren't clapping. I'm going to come right out here and get in your business. When, when you think Paul beaten, left in the, you think that they felt like clapping? You think they felt like singing, Janelle? You think they felt like praying? Oh, I'll, I'll wait till I feel it. I don't think they were feeling anything but pain. And yet, even in the midst of what they were feeling, the antithesis of what they should be doing, all of a sudden, they began to pray. They began to sing. They began to clap. They began to shout. They began to worship. They began to praise God. All of a sudden, what once was silent, all of a sudden now it erupted all through the house, all through the prison. Every cell was shaken. The earthquake began to move. Oh, stay standing. Stay standing. Stay standing. I'm going to close. I want you to stay standing with me as I close this because it's a massive point that I, you don't know this, but I'm going to teach you something brand new about the scripture that many of you heard many times. I know what they were singing. I do, Josh. I know. Paul was a great preacher. But what the Holy Spirit told me is while Paul was a great preacher, and preachers are good for speaking to what is, but Silas. Because Silas was added, because Barnabas said, because he said no to Barnabas and got Silas instead. He got Silas with him on the journey, which is very important because the Bible says that Silas was a great prophet of God. So while Paul could only preach into what is, whoo, somebody hear me. Silas could sing into what could be. And Silas began to sing, God's not done yet. God's not done yet. I'm not finished. I'm not done. Somebody get on fire for God with me. When the world tells you it is over, Tyler, oh, you get to scream back, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. Somebody shout it. I'm not done yet. Shout it again. I'm not done yet. Shout it again. I'm not done. There was a prophetic song that came from that prison cell that said, oh, while it feels like it's over, I'm not done yet. We still got other people to reach. We got a world to change. I got a mission to accomplish. And no matter how many times the devil has beaten me with rods, he cannot take me. I may be struck, but I'm not destroyed. I may be pressed, but I'm not crushed. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God, that I'm not done yet. Oh, let me prophesy. Let me prophesy. Can I prophesy? This building ain't big enough. God's got a bigger ministry for you and for your family and for your future. That, that God's not done yet. COVID may be ending, and I believe God in the name of Jesus it is. Because I'm speaking to what will be. That's ending. But what God are you not done with? Oh, revival? Oh, growth? Oh, expansion? When the world has beaten and beaten and said, church, you shut up. Church, you stay silent. Church, there are states right now telling the churches, you're not allowed to worship loudly. Oh, Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. 
telling, telling a whole people of God, you need to sing at a moderate level. Oh, but Paul, with a loud voice, when the centurion started to take his life, and you should be quiet and try to sneak out. We got our freedom, baby. Why do I want to interrupt the guard? I need to sneak out now. But Paul, with a loud voice, when he shouldn't be loud, Paul said, no, don't harm yourself, for there is salvation at hand. Oh, come on, church. Come on, church, get loud with me. Get loud. I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not done. And I let, well, let's flip the script. While you're finally saying I'm not done and you've quit and quit and quit and quit and God said you finally turn it around, flip the script and understand that God is saying it right back to you. I'm not done with you. I got more for you. I want to speak into you. You may have quit on me, but I didn't quit on you. You may have said, I'm done back here at the crossroad, but I've got a new path for you. I've got a Holy Spirit move of God coming your way. Oh, in Jesus' name, we're having church today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, there's something happening. Something stirring in here. Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, right now, come on. I need you to pray with me. I need somebody to intercede with me. I need a Silas to prophetically sing with me. I, I need a Timothy. I need a Luke. We need somebody in here to begin to take on the calling from which you have been running and take it on and begin to cry and to worship and to shout and to praise and to sing praises to God most high. Pray, saints, pray. Pray wherever you are. Pray that the Holy Spirit shakes the very foundation of your captivity and sets you free. And the doors that have been standing before you close, oh, in the name of Jesus, suddenly they're about to open and chains are about to fall off. Somebody who needs freedom, somebody who needs freedom right now. If you need freedom, freedom is here. You've been held captive. You've been held captive, and not even by your own sin and shame. You've been held captive by the enemy telling you you'll never make it. Telling the enemy. To, they, see, these chains weren't by Paul's sin. These chains were by the enemy saying, oh, I got to, oh, I hear you, Holy Spirit. I got to stop him. I got to stop you now. Because if I can stop you, oh, I'm, I'm terror. Don't, don't. Because when you start to do what God called you to do, the devil starts shaking everywhere. He starts trembling. And when you start actually saying, you know what, I'm going to follow God now. I'm going to go ahead and do his plan. All of a sudden, the enemy freaks out. And he says, I have got to stop you. Uh, that's why he'll send doubt. He'll send pessimism. He'll, he'll send a disconnect. Oh, you don't connect with that church. You don't connect with that preacher. He's crazy, man. You're not like that. You're quiet and soft. Leave that for crazy people. No, no, no. This is where God is saying, no, no. Don't listen to that voice. He's scared of what you might say. He's scared of the singing you might come, for, come from you. He's afraid of the prayers you might declare. He's afraid and shaking. Oh, if the devil can get you tied up and beaten and stopped, my mic is almost dead. I've been preaching way too long. That's how long I've been preaching. But man, can't you feel something? 
this isn't just church as usual. I'm, t- I'm done with church as usual. If, if, we, if we just want another little pat me on the back, make me feel good sermon and leave me feeling like, oh, I'm a Christian. I went to church today. Thank you. And never being checked and challenged in your faith to say somewhere along the line, you lost the phrase, I'm not done. And you need to start declaring with all boldness and faith for generations to come in your family, I'm not done. God's got more for me. Hallelujah. Oh, honey, I'm going to bring my wife up here or else I'm going to keep preaching. But I, I feel like the Holy Spirit is just settled in this place. And God's going to do a great work. In fact, before we close, will you bow your heads, close your eyes here and online? Somebody needs to give their life to Jesus. And that, centur- that guard said, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your household shall be saved. Oh, all you need to do is believe. And if that's you, nobody's looking around. Oh, you need somebody in here needs to rededicate their life. Yep, I feel it. You've been running. You've been running. You said, I'm done a long time ago. But God said, I'm not giving up on you. And right now, you feel the tug of God calling you into action today. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, I want your hand to shoot up in faith and boldness and courage. Thank you for the hands going up all over this place and online. Oh, yeah, keep them up. Keep them up. That's bold faith. That's savage faith right there. You keep it up because that's the kind of faith that changes the world. Paul said, I am passionately persuaded for the cause of Christ. We're not trying to get you saved again every week. When you do this today with that hand raised and heart open, you're going to be saved the rest of your life, change the rest of your life, grow the rest of your life, and God will walk with you. Because when Jesus comes into your life, everything changes. So with every head bowed and every eye closed and every heart open and hand raised, I want us all under the sound of my voice to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I receive you now as my Lord, as my Savior, as my Heavenly Father. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. I believe and I am saved. In Jesus' name. Everybody shouted a good amen. Tell you what, you're going to have a pulse after listening to that sermon. Hallelujah. What a word. Let's give it up for the word of God. Amen. And again, I just want to take a moment and say, everyone that raised their hand, I celebrate you with all, and all of us do. We all celebrate everyone that raised their hand today. You made that choice. Get ready. It's never going to be the same. It's only the best is yet to come. Amen. Let's declare. I'm going to preach now. Okay. <laughs> Say, I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. 
I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. Amen, Bridge Church. Amen. We shout a hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. God is so good. We hope to see you at prayer on Tuesday night. We love you. We are so glad that you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision today, whether that be dedicating your life to Christ for the first time or rededicating your life to Christ, email us at info at wearebridge.church and let us know you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you are joining our Bridge Church online family for the very first time, we have a special gift for you. Email us at info at wearebridge.church to share some information so we can get that gift out to you. We're so happy that you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon. Make sure to stay connected because we are so much better together.